everyone, and welcome back to another episode of an Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. Chocobo is more like Choco No, very sadly. Wow. <laughs> Coming in hot with the with the spicy takes already, as Mark often does. Of course, also with us is indie games editor Campbell Gill. I still haven't had my Pokemon therapy this week, and I Man. think it shows. You gotta stop putting off therapy. It's it's good for you. It's good for your mental health. It's good You're for everybody. Need it after topic one, I know. I know. That's that's what I'm thinking of. I'm scared. So we're we're gonna do something a little different for this episode. Uh, so uh, both Mark uh, and to a lesser extent myself, we've been playing a lot of Switch games lately. But uh, rather than talk at length for like one or two of them, we're gonna kind of rapid fire go through uh, a bunch of stuff. So we, we thought it might be fun to to kind of go through some of that. Of course, Campbell will be contributing his signature wit uh, kind of here and there, but he's been busy reviewing some other games for different platforms, some which we will, shall not mention on this Nintendo podcast. Uh, Heathenistic Mark, games, yes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> the lesser, lesser games, I think we can all agree. Um, Mark, tell us a little bit about the first thing we wanted to talk about the game you've been playing Cho- what's it called what? I don't even know the title of this game GP. Chocobo GP uh, why don't you kind of give us the set the table for us on this one and then you can talk about it so back in I think it was 1999 Square Enix came out with their own uh, Mario Kart competitor and it was called Chocobo Racing even though it only had like one Chocobo in it and it was a Final Fantasy kart racer which mm-hmm. is a fantastic idea because Final Fantasy has so many great characters. Why wouldn't you put them into like a different type of genre that people can enjoy with, you know, it just broadens the audience. But um, yeah, it, uh, it was very niche. Uh, a lot of people do enjoy it, but it's not like, you know, the Crash Team Racing or Mario Kart, like it's not on that level. But uh, it's, a, it's an average kart racer for its time. So then they tried to remake it for the uh, the 3DS, and that went under. They sent it to a farm upstate, you know, got rid of it. <laughs> and they then executed today, Chocobo? Of course. Yes, <laughs> oh they did. Oh, my God. <laughs> and now we're back again for round two. They're trying to remake it with uh, Chocobo GP for Nintendo Switch. And the core gameplay of this game is fine. It's honestly like there's a fun kart racer deep down within this, but the big problem is the greed. This is like Square Enix at their greediest. The amount of microtransactions, there's three currencies, two season passes. It's incredible how much they've managed to ruin this game when they literally have the basis for a fun kart racer that could be played in rapid fire rounds. And it's different enough from Mario Kart to make you want to play it. Because unlike Mario Kart, where there's more of a casual approach that more people can get into it, Chocobo GP has this more um, niche attitude to it. It wants you to focus on drifting and perfecting drifts and going around tight corners and doing stuff like that. There's less of a focus on items and I guess really cart accelerations and stuff like that. But instead, we have this, you know, mediocre game at the bottom and then we have this boring campaign that has some charm. There's some, like, callbacks to Final Fantasy, which is nice. But overall, just, like, the writing is so last minute and just, it's it's superfluous, the entire campaign. If, if it weren't for unlocking characters, you would have no reason to play it whatsoever. 
And then the online just doesn't have a lot of modes. The main mode is cool. It's like a 64 player tournament and slowly uh, the matches will go down into like an eight player tournament. And eventually when you get to the end, you get more points for the online system, which is a great idea. Works very efficiently. I never had any problems with the online, no lag, nothing like that. But uh, yeah, the microtransactions for this game are so predatory that, you know, I think it was Pokemon Unite we were talking about um, earlier during the year and how its microtransactions were a bit um, fishy. But that was a Mm -hmm. free game. And mm-hmm. I expect that from a mobile game because sure. Pokemon Unite also had a lot of content for players who didn't plan on putting, you know, their money into it. But for a $50 racing game, there is no excuse for Chocobo GP to have any of this garbage. And it's wow. such a shame because, again, there's a good kart racer deep down in this. And I actually will say it, like, there's a light version on the eShop that allows you to play as three characters and you could play the online as much as you want. And it's worth giving a shot because the music's yeah. great. The atmosphere is great. Graphics are colorful and clean. It's just like that very, it has a very faithful approach to Final Fantasy's characters and just a pure love for them. But the microtransactions and the greed is, it, it's unfathomable for a so, game like So let this. me let me ask you, Mark. So uh, you mentioned some of the microtransactions. What do those get you like do, i'm, I'm, I'm well, curious well is, is it like so you is have it, is it aesthetic like what is it? Uh, this is another game where like i literally a- after playing the game for multiple hours it's like i still can't really explain the currency to you because i don't really have a full grasp over it there are three different currencies being um regular racing tickets gill which is from final fantasy obviously also campbell's last name i was going to say it's also from me (laughs) i'm in this game from me and then you have mithril which get this it expires mithril and that's one of the main currencies of the game (laughs) i'm sorry it expires it expires your money expires they haven't they don't tell you like the given time frame or maybe they do (laughs) on like a menu screen or something but i i honestly like just can't find a definitive answer online but the the mithril expires Wait, so that's... you can't even like save it up over time i'm oh guessing my God, that's... Oh, that's horrifying so is this world of chocobo gp just wrought with like hyperinflation or something to the point where it's, <laughs> the money is literally useless like how do you even justify that it's well you can't justify any of these currencies because the game's already 50 dollars. so if you're playing oh the, so again the if you were playing the light version and it was like, hey, you want to spend $5 here, $5 there, eventually, you know, adds up to like 50 bucks. I'd be like, it's totally fine. You know, maybe you'll not get the campaign or something like that. But if you bought this game for $50, not only does the eShop not tell you about these microtransactions, but Square Enix never advertised it once up to this game's release. So again, so Mark, again, you haven't answered my question. What do you spend your currency on? Oh, just like characters, cart customization, um, just everything that you want from the game. And is there any? Oh man, that's messed up. So yeah. is there an imagine option to... imagine playing Mario Kart like the local mode on the DS, and you can only play as shy guy? Imagine if you were stuck as that, right. and you wanted to play the rest of the fifty dollar game that you bought. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's extremely messed up. Uh, so, is, go ahead, Campbell. I, I think you're about to ask, ask what is, I'm about to ask, but go maybe ahead. Maybe I was going to ask if there's, like, is there at least a decent selection of characters and stuff that aren't locked behind a paywall? Yeah, of course. If you, okay. um, obviously the light version, you only have three characters. It's um, Chocobo, Ben, and uh, 
Sh- Shrima, I think is her name. Mm, I don't know. I think so, yeah. Something like that. From fin- She's one of the more iconic Final Fantasy characters. But you have all three of them, and then everyone, there's like, um, I think it's like four or five characters can be unlocked during the campaign. You have like Gilgamesh and the Moogle and Vivi and stuff like that. But then they're already starting to add characters through the season pass. Like um, Cloud is the first one that's available. And then they're going to have Squall soon from... Uh, Final Fantasy Final VIII. Fantasy VIII. Wait yes. a minute. So wait, you're telling me this is a Final Fantasy game where Cloud is a DLC? Like, yes. They're not even... <laughs> I feel like he's the first one you add as... Right. <laughs> if you're but doing here's, a crossover. Here's the kicker. To, to get to Cloud, not only... You don't just, like, buy the DLC, the season pass, or the prize pass that they're calling it, and then it's like, oh, you've unlocked Cloud. Instead... You gotta get to level 60. Except the experience point system in this game is abysmal. It's It takes you so long to level up. I think after like three, no, maybe not three hours, like two hours in or so, I was only like a level four or five. Wait. Wow. So what, you would have to put in <laughs> dozens of hours to unlock clouds? Yes, then? and these are also Ooh. time seasons on top of that. Oh. So like we don't know what's going to happen after that. Will you be able to unlock cloud? Probably for like some DLC, another microtransaction that'll probably be overpriced, but um but yeah, cloud it's... may go the way of mithril you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Ugh. The mithril that expires, That's a tough, of course. A tough swallow. So so presumably you can spend some of these currencies on like leveling up your guys faster. Yes. You can, yeah, there's all these, like, boosts and stuff like that, and right, none of it's explained. Right, right, right. My favorite part is that you could buy the soundtracks from the uh, the shop, but they forgot to add in, like, uh, a menu where you can actually play and toggle the music for stages. So I'm pretty sure they basically have, like, a useless collectible right now until the game's fixed, because I don't think they thought that through. Wow. Well, it's interesting. It's, it sounds... Not half-baked, but it sounds like they, they certainly didn't think through. It sounds like they made the game, and they're like, ah, eh, we'll just, we'll gate off a bunch of this stuff behind, you know, behind experience points, or behind, you know, whatever we want to call it, and, and didn't really think through the consequences of... Yeah, they didn't. You know, how, yeah, how to, how to do that effectively, yeah. Um, yeah, but honestly, rough, it's man. like, the, the gameplay is fun. Some of the items are, or spells, as they call them, there's, like, these eggs that you hit. They're basically, like, the item boxes from Mario Kart. Sure. They're the same exact thing. Some of them are, like, a little tip the scales a bit, but, um, like, those are fine. The balance is pretty fine overall. Like, I didn't have problems winning as any of the characters I played as. But then um, there's, like, this missing sense of... I don't even know what I should call it, like tactileness to like the carts. Like in Mario Kart, you feel like you're, you know, like zooming through that racetrack. But in this game, it kind of looks like the characters are like floaty, like a bit. Mm. And I guess I, you know, maybe it's because of the animation. Maybe it's because of the focus on drifting. Like, I don't know which way it's more so. I guess that, you know, deserves a deeper analysis, but, uh. There's just something that's a little, just like a tiny bit, just graphically off about this game, the way the characters move. Interesting. Uh, it's a shame because normally, normally, you know, that kind of that kind of fidelity is something that Square is like super good at. Good at, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is surprising. It's kind of, 
That is surprising. Um, wow, it's a shame. Think, uh, do you think this game was always meant to be a console game, or do you think it was like a mobile game at first and then shifted? I'm going to gonna say it was a console game to begin with because, again, ten years ago they tried to make this game for 3DS, and mm. then maybe it was because of like 3DS sales weren't doing too good at launch, so they like canned it. But yeah, the game was just straight up like there's footage online. You could watch it on YouTube of demos of Chocobo Racing 3D, and they have like screenshots and everything. But, um, yeah, I think this was a Switch game to begin with. I just, the pricing is really throwing me off because if this were, like, a free-to-play game part of, or free-to-start part of Nintendo Switch Online, like, I would be like, this is a, like, for sure, like, download it. But, you know, otherwise, also, I cannot recommend it, especially, you know, I, I mean, Mario Kart, the, the next DLC comes out. How many days are we away from recording? What four three? Two, it's, one? it's this Friday. <laughs> oh, this Friday. Oh gosh, yeah. uh, that's yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, we're mm. closing in. By the time you're listening to this, you can already pre-download that you know the DLC. So yeah. So Chocobo I... <laughs> GP is worthless. Then is what you're yes, saying. Yes, I, I feel that this game is useless unless Square Enix patches it up real good and uh, you know caters to the audience who's going to pay for this game then uh this is worth avoiding wow or at the very least stick to the light version and yeah give uh, the light version a shot yeah. maybe you'll enjoy it but with mario kart literally days away it's almost like you have no reason right now to buy an alternative like maybe this game will get patched up in the future and it'll be a lot better but right now it's like I mean, even then, Nintendo has basically future-proofed Mario Kart 8 into the Switch's legacy. There's no reason to buy any other kart racer. Maybe, like, Crash Team Racing or Sonic Team Racing, because those are, like, so different. But for this type of kart racer specifically, there is no reason to buy this outside of being a Final Fantasy fan and wanting more from that franchise. But even then, I feel like Square Enix is cheating you of what you love. Right. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. And what I love is seeing my favorite characters uh, in carts racing each other. That's what I want to see. So yeah, it sounds like a shame. Um, perhaps a perhaps a missed opportunity. Who knows if they'll fix things in the future? I guess we'll, you know, have to hold it, cross our fingers for that. But it doesn't sound mm-hmm. likely. Do we want to turn the conversation to a more positive note, of Mark? Of course. Enter the ring. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is back. <laughs> and Yes, indeed. Uh, after 10 years, uh, Arc System Works and Atlas still created one of the best fighters that you should be playing because this game is phenomenal. If you've played other fighters from Arc, like uh, Guilty Gear and stuff like that, you're going to love this game. And if you're a Persona 4 fan and a fan of Persona 3 and you've played Persona 4 Arena... <laughs> You will absolutely adore the story of this game because a lot this of is like I was gonna say there are a lot is, of conditionals. Yes, yeah, like the story, the story on its own. If you're like a fighting game fan, just looking for another like deep fighter, I'm gonna be like totally honest. I think you'll like have a sense of enjoyment, but a sense for like you need something before this, which is exactly what this story is because you really need to play persona 4 arena which was like the original arena iteration before they decided to go all out revitalizing it and fixing it up like a few years down the line i think it was only actually like 
three or four years after the original came out. They came out with the Ultimax. But, uh, yeah, it's Persona 4 fans. You get to see more of your favorite characters. There's some Persona 3 characters that show up, which is cool. If you know why, then you played the first game. <laughs> if you don't understand why, you're going to be a bit lost. But, uh, yeah, it's it's... But here's the interesting part. This game doesn't force you to go through the story. If you want to play a fighting game, you can play a fighting game. If you want a Persona visual novel with more voice acting, more cutscenes, dialogue, more characterization for your favorites, you're going to love what you're going to get. Because you have ahead of you probably like a 9 to 11 hour visual novel of just Persona wow. 4 characters. Hmm. It's That's really, wild. it's structured, it takes that, you know, that TV chapter format that the uh, original Persona 4 had, so you can essentially watch it in episodes and just enjoy it, and each episode is probably around, like, 15 to 30 minutes. So it's cool, because you could just load it up and sit down and watch a few episodes, and then be like, okay, maybe I want to play the fighting portion, or maybe I want to <laughs> just do something else. Nice. So, maybe, yeah. So I gotta ask. It caters though, to both. It caters to fighting fans and it caters to Persona fans who want like a visual novel. Because mm -hmm. let's be honest, we all love Persona. Like the gameplay, the role playing is all great and all, but it's just that story and those characters are what we love most, and we want to see more of them. So, yeah, I, I give it. <laughs> this game is more than a thumbs up. It's one of the. Actually, you know what? Outside of Smash Brothers, I think it's the best fighting game I've played on Switch. On Switch, wow. Dang. So, Cam Campbell, you, you had a, a thought you were going to share. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask. Uh, uh, it's great to hear all your praise for the, the story in this game because knowing other Arxis story modes in their games, uh, they don't really make sense. <laughs> I'm thinking that when I tried to play the, the Guilty Gear Strive story mode, that thing is just a kit and caboodle of nonsense, basically. Uh, so does, just to confirm, the story does make sense in this game, right? Like, If what's you're a Persona fan, okay. if not, you're, you're going to be in the same boat. But the difference uh -oh. is, I don't believe Ark wrote this. I believe Atlas wrote this. So mm, Okay, that's good. Interesting. The cutscenes, I'm also going to bring this up only because I find it odd. I'm, well, it's not odd. It's just weird that it's still like this. But since they were obviously made at like a 720p resolution, they look just like a little grainy. I don't know if that's like the Switch version or if it's, you know, this game is also coming to um, PlayStation 4 and uh, Steam. So maybe it'll affect those too. But uh, it, they just look a little grainy. And, and it's really such a shame because they're beautifully animated. And there are times where there's so much going on. And it could just get like a little pixelated, so yeah. <laughs> it's, that's a, it's, it's really all I know. have to say about that. It's good to you know, know. Good to know. You're not the only one having it if you uh, if you're playing it this weekend. So, so just know that. In terms of, I'm I'm just super curious. Um, I I never I think I I'm almost certain I have one of these arena games. Um, I feel like one or multiple of them were given away during for like playstation plus or something at some point um yeah probably at some point i assume it feels like the kind of game that that would be or at least like an older version of it so or I'm, even I'm like um xbox live might have also uh, right on maybe list. so I, so but the point is um even though i probably have one in a digital library somewhere i've never actually uh played them i don't usually play fighting games uh with the exception of the injustice games which i super loved uh, and Super oh, Smash Brothers. Oh, Injustice. Oh my I God! Are you kidding? Too. Superheroes, superheroes oh, talk fighting each other. <laughs> oh, we'll have to talk about that after. Absolutely, that's an that's an off mic uh, conversation. But um, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, Super Smash Brothers, obviously, those are kind of my my main 
um, experiences in in fighting games. Like I've enjoyed the occasional Street Fighter. Like I, I, I can mess around with Mortal Kombat or whatever, but it's never been like my preferred genre of game. Um, so in terms of like the actual mechanics of this particular fighting game, is it like your sta- is it like you have health bars? Is it kind of like that? Yeah, it's like- your it's your standard fighter, except they've implemented yeah. uh, like persona combos into it, and I feel like like. Uh, other art games it's kind of i don't want to say it's less complex than something like street fighter but i feel like the way the button combos are players will have an easier grasp over it and that's kind of been the general consensus with uh the persona arena series is that it's sort of an easier fighter to understand but because of that persona name it's been kind of the outlier of fighting games so maybe this game will be the uh the second chance that it needs Right. Well, I know. I know the uh, for in terms of like Arc Games, um, Arc System Works, the the developer for this for this game. I, like I've I've messed around. I've played like a couple rounds of Blaze Blue, um, and I remember back in the in the PlayStation Two days, um, I picked up. I can't remember which which Guilty Gear it was, but one of the Guilty Gear games because the art style was like so over the top and impressive that I was like, I have to play this game. And then when I tried to actually play it, I. I couldn't because I was like, this is too complicated for me. Um, so it sounds like this one's a little more approachable mm-hmm. than speaking of some the, of the art games. style. I have to mention yeah. this: the stylization Please. of this game is just incredible. Like yeah. it looked incredible back then, still looks incredible now. You have a blend of uh, so the visual novel is like all hand drawn and stuff, and there's like some uh, 3D locations at times from the original. Um, persona 4 just like made into artwork and stuff it's just like it's such a gorgeous looking game and it has i mean all atlas games are usually really good looking well yeah art uh, art direction is always through the roof for for yeah for the persona particularly particularly the persona exactly yeah yeah so it's just a good combo to have you know arc and atlas just working on this together because sure two great art studios <laughs> can't yeah. go wrong there but uh for the gameplay it's really interesting because they created almost like these super um like high detailed pixelated sprites of the characters so they're not hmm. 3d models in the fights hmm. and i don't know why they did this but they have like 3d backgrounds but it all naturally just blends so well together and there's so much personality in it it's almost like surprising that they didn't just create like the same art style for the two modes. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's really I great. Mean, it, it's just, yeah, it's great. so fascinating to look at. And the, it takes from, uh, it has its own sense of appeal. Like, um, you know, with persona strikers, you had, uh, I don't want to say it was different from Persona 5, but it had its own feel to it because it was like a Warriors game and it had its own art direction in a sense with the, you know, the noir and stuff like that. And this sort of has that same feel where the original Persona 4 is very colorful and there's bright yellows. And in this game, there's more so bright reds. And then in the daytime for the visual novel, there's a lot more like bright yellows and stuff. And it stays true to just that world in general. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I was a big lover of uh, Persona 4 Golden on my PlayStation Vita. Um, I really loved uh, loved that game. And of course, I, you know, we're talking about characters and art direction and stuff like that. So the, the characters in Persona 4 are are some of the most memorable um, in in the Persona uh, canon. Persona 3, I had a little bit of a harder time getting into, but I think and the characters um, it's tricky because Persona 4 Golden in, in particular, like had a lot going for it 
um, in terms of they had like extra animation added, um, really fantastic voice acting. Uh, Persona Four or Persona Three rather, a little a little more static. Like they didn't have, you know, as as many fully animated scenes or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was it was a little more of a you know, it was an yeah, earlier game. Exactly. So uh, I think it's I think it's cool to see these characters blended together in uh, in such a, a completely different style. Um, I'm, I'm kind of skimming some gameplay footage uh, right now as we're talking, and it looks uh, it looks good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing yeah. else to really say about it. I will take a note though. I've had the game early for almost a week now, sure. and the servers are not up online. So I haven't been able to play with anyone, and it's been noted oh, sure. that the uh, the PS4 and Steam version have rollback netcode, and the Switch doesn't. So mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how the online will be, but knowing Arc Systems and their experience with uh, different consoles and stuff, I'm sure it's going to be great. Like I I literally have no doubt that it'll work fine. But uh, it is worth noting that if you want that competitive play and that's what you're into, and you want to take an online focus rather than local multiplayer with other Persona fans or fighting game right. fans, you might want to go to the uh, the PlayStation or Steam version. Right, just, and yeah, that, that stability is, is, yeah. This isn't going to be cross-play? No, mm, it is not, okay. as far as I'm aware. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, also knowing Arxis, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see how the load times are for this as well, just knowing that, like, again, comparing to Guilty Gear, it takes you ages to get into a match. Uh, oh, the load times up. are good in this game. Really? Okay, that's yeah. good. At least, or, unless if you're talking about the online, because then I have Both. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the load times in general for this game, I mean, again, it's a PS3, Xbox 360 game, you know, 10 years later. Right. It, it's going to load faster. <laughs> At yeah. least I would hope. You know, I mean, I'd yes, hope. but when something's going to switch, everything just goes up in the air. You can never guarantee these yeah, sorts you can of never things. Guarantee. This one's good. This one That's loads good. generally fast. There are some points where you're loading for a little bit. The, uh, the startup screen for this game is almost like instantaneous from my experience, mm-hmm. which nice. I don't see in many Switch games. I feel like Mario 3D All-Stars and like the Kirby demo are like, some of the only games i've seen load up so fast you know interesting now on the topic of how this game is on switch i think i just have to ask the big question on this being that kind of calling back to how you started talking about this game and describing Mm -hmm. how you need to have played persona 4 you need to have played the other persona arena games neither of those are on switch (laughs) why is this on switch (laughs) i couldn't tell you but i i will say i thought you were about to dive into performance it runs buttery smooth between handhelds and docked like i haven't seen a single issue i'm pretty sure it's running at 60 frames i might be wrong on that but um yeah it's so buttery smooth the look of this game well, will that buggery smoothness please a Nintendo Switch player who isn't familiar with the <laughs> Arena or Persona 4 games? Uh, if you're looking for a good fighting game, I would recommend Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. But if you are looking for a good story and have never experienced Persona 4 or Persona 3 or Persona 4 Arena, <laughs> uh, you might be That's a laundry in list deep trouble. Right there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this I mean, is the this is the ultimate experience for Persona fans. If hmm. if you love the Persona series and you've played the games that are you know linked to this one, you're gonna love it. There, there's yeah. no doubt. But if you're casually going into it, 
If you played Persona 4, I think you'll be fine. If you haven't played Persona 4 Arena or Persona 4, you're in trouble. That's where I'm going to stand right. on this okay. game. But as I mean, a fighting game itself, it's great. Like, it's one of the best fighting games on Switch. Probably yeah. the only one that I would straight up recommend, despite there being, you know, this huge story gap for a lot of people who will come into it <laughs> if they just, yeah. like, casually pick it up. But it's a really fun right. fighting yeah, game. Yeah, it's just so strange. And, like, I just really, you know, we've talked about this before, but I don't get Atlas's thought process on the games they bring to Switch, both I mean, with this I and will with be Persona fair, Strikers. To, to be fair, I'm going to say mm-hmm. two points, Uh-oh. which is this game comes included with all the DLC from the uh, the first release. And part of that is the P4A episodes, which is basically a recap of Persona 4 told from mm, the... Uh, okay. The perspectives of each character which at first i was like oh it's gonna be a nice catch-up but there's actually a lot more characterization and stuff in it for fans than i expected so yeah i, w- I wouldn't say it really gives you a catch-up in a sense but there's a chance persona 4 could be coming to switch because this game leaked a long while before it was announced hmm. and the guy further followed that up after he was talking about it saying that persona 4 was definitely coming to in the future so now that he's one out of two and i feel like that's a little weird to say you know it's it's odd that an arena game would come before the main one but you know we're talking about sega and atlas and all of them so Mm -hmm. there's oddball decisions (laughs) everywhere for times at these companies but uh yeah i think there's a good chance persona 4 will come to switch in the future and we'll be able to have a uh i still don't know if you can call it a complete collection without the original arena but i think down the line people who are interested in the persona story if persona 4 comes to switch this is going to be a perfect way to uh get into it yeah it's it's tricky because in in some i mean to make another smash comparison like on on some level it kind of is like people being introduced to Marth through Smash or introduced to <laughs> Lucas through Smash. You know what I mean? Where it's like a lot of people haven't played Mother 3 or haven't played Fire Emblem, and yet they're like, oh, I, lo- I love this character. There's something about this character that makes me want to play them. It's like, uh, Campbell, I imagine if you picked up this game, it would be kind of like that experience for you, where it's like, damn, like, Chie is awesome. Like, she's really funny and spunky. Not, but, it's, but there's not the it, story it, mode in Smash. Yeah. So. Right. That's my hesitation. Like, there's not a visual novel that, that is based off of Lucas' character and everything right. he experiences in Mother 3 and all that kind of stuff. So that's the only place where I hesitate in terms of thinking about people who haven't played those previous games and don't have that backstory. So that's where sure. I'm kind of concerned, I guess. So it's yeah it's uh yeah that's fair enough i, I guess it's an interesting point um man if persona 4 came if persona 4 golden came to switch that would rule Let's hope that would be great Get persona I 5 on that. switch let me more play importantly it where's time. persona 5 oh, yeah exactly so i can buy it and not play it yeah i was gonna um, say look i just started playing it on ps5 so at this point no it, it can't come to switch because they gotta bring it over again and experience it all again oh of course yes just want to throw away 13 hours of my life and let's just start over again no no joke uh, again i've i've played I've, i haven't played royal yet it's still shrink wrapped in my shelf uh but i i did play up to like the third or fourth palace of persona 5 the base game uh i would absolutely buy a persona 5 royal if it came to switch and persona 4 for that matter oh, oh give me three give me all of them put them all on switch <laughs> and we're just gonna um, get persona 1 at this point 
<laughs> oh man, I I listen. In the last week, I legitimately thought about picking up Persona Two on my Vita because I was like, they're gonna they're gonna close the shop one of these days. I should. The only way to play this Wait, game is yeah. on the the Vita shop. To be fair, the... it is the 25th anniversary of Persona this year, so and we're yeah, bound to get more announcements. That. Well, we've been know. getting a I lot of stuff. So. I doubt it. I have no, I have no, no confidence I, in I that. I don't know. I feel like maybe we'll get something. We'll, we'll, we'll get something. Tell you what, Mark. We'll, we'll get a Persona game on Switch when they announce the Switch Pro. How about that? <laughs> <sighs> I don't like don't that. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you do this to no. us, Cameron? Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, but um, yeah, Persona 5 Royal as a launch game for the Switch Pro... That would be fantastic. That'd be a moneymaker. Yeah. Uh, and then you, and then you could still not understand what's <laughs> happening in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you, I, I got to ask you, Mark, um, out, out of any of the characters uh, you've been playing as, is there any that jump out at you? Is there any you super like? I'm going to be honest. I was really surprised by the protagonist because he does have a... No, I don't want to give any story details away, but I will sure. say this. In Persona 4, you make uh, use use his name, by the way, Campbell, if you're confused. But you make use um, decision. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds, so like, you're, to say it sounds like you're talking in like a dialect or something. Of course, <laughs> extremely funny. Well, I think but to, the, to characters, clear, no, no. the character, you make his, you know, his choices and his personality. But in this, he has like a fully fledged out personality. And it's right. so, so to interesting be clear. to see that. In Persona 4, uh, you are you play as a silent protagonist, uh, so like the 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 name you is 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 made is brought you know it's like it's canonically his name they they use that in the wow. anime and stuff like that, but uh, in the you? game you know no o. it's that's amazing yeah. it's kind of like the link yeah. between the the player and the game and all that kind of stuff exactly yeah mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> there you go um, so that's interesting so they, they just they just kind of. Uh, implanted a personality onto him. <laughs> I, I'm guessing this follows the anime. From what I've looked up from uh, researching, just like extra stuff about the game. Well, I, I guess it would have to, right? Because otherwise, it's all it's all player choice. Um, I mean, he also bring... fits that. You know, he fits this uh, archetype of you know he's being the hero and he has to right. go out there and fix the problem. But he does yeah. have his own personal character issues and people to care about that he is you know he does have a lot of stakes in this world which i appreciate sure um awesome i love that uh, cool great love it um yeah I, I i love all the characters of persona 4 i played a lot of that game uh such good characters um, i still haven't finished it i got it on vita though it's long it's a long ass game yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> i remember being I'll surprised i remember being surprised by how much like i like i thought i got to the end of the game and i was like oh i still have like another couple of dungeons to go. Like, I was like, whoa, geez. Um, mm-hmm. In typical Atlas RPG style, it's, it's a very, very long game. Um, well, awesome. So it sounds like it sounds like this game has a lot going for it. Uh, if you're a fighting game fan, um, if you are... The, the, again, the art style alone is, like, is really... It, oof, it's gorgeous. It's uh, And watching yeah, it in action... It's, it's beautiful. It, yeah, seeing it in action is very cool. It looks awesome. Um, if you're a fan of the world of Persona 4, Persona 3, and you want to see kind of a weird spin on it like it sounds like this is the game for you um and if you're unfamiliar with any of these things it sounds it still sounds like there's something to, to latch onto, um even if you know you're like only you know even if you're only a switch player and you have no idea what persona 3 and 4 are <laughs> yeah it sounds like there's still something to, to cling on to here. i think my grip on this would be tenuous at best but we'll see <laughs> well it's 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 very niche it's like okay you have to be a fan of you know 
weird fighting games, uh, you have to be at least marginally interested in the in kind of the the the, person, the world of Persona three and four. So it sounds like it's it is catering to a pretty specific audience. Uh, but it, at least according to Mark, it sounds like it, it does those things pretty I'm, well. So. I'm guessing that's why this game was developed in mind with being half a visual novel and half a uh, a fighting game. Right. Because <laughs> that's my only explanation because it's it's just so niche. Like who would have, you know, who's going to pick up a, a sequel to three Persona games and a random fighting game in a genre known for role-playing games? Like it's so odd, but it's so Atlas and it just works. It's great. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, congrats, congrats, Atlas. You've you've done it again. Uh, now now bring the Persona games to Switch. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So I guess we'll take a quick break here, um, and then we're gonna come back and talk about a couple more games we've been playing. We're gonna keep this train rolling. Uh, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So, uh, hot off the trail of action-packed fighting games and, you know, maybe less action-packed racing games, uh, we're going to slow it down a little bit. I want to talk about a point-and-click adventure game I've been, uh, Campbell can tell you, very slowly working my way through. Uh, Still waiting on that review, Cameron. I, it's coming. It's okay. This game's been out for 10 years, so I can, I can take, <laughs> take my gosh darn time with it. Um Primordia has been ported to the Switch, a uh, point-and-click adventure game, very reminiscent of old-school point-and-click adventures, very very LucasArts in style, if you've ever played any of those games. Uh, it's... it's uh, have, Okay, let's back it up. Have you guys... Are you fans of the genre of the point-and-click adventure? Uh, I wouldn't say a fan, but yeah. I wouldn't say, I'm, not, have you know, know, I'm not against it. Like, not against it. <laughs> <laughs> not anti. I will tolerate the existence. It's good. Like if it's a good game and someone recommends well, it, like yeah, yeah that's I'll play yeah, it. that's 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 very fair. Um, so I guess I should say when I say a LucasArts style point and click adventure, you know more or less what I'm referring to. Yeah, Grim yeah, Fandango yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, Grim Fandango and all that kind. Of, exactly. Um, okay, great. So yeah, basically, um, you're you're playing uh, the player character uh, Horatio, a, a a a robot who has achieved uh, sentience. Um, 
you're you're controlling Horatio as you move around. Uh, gorgeous hand drawn backgrounds. Um, you basically you click on an area, your character moves there. You can interact with certain things of the environment. Uh, you can easily highlight the things that you can uh, interact with. You're kind of moving between different screens. Um, carrying you you're building an inventory. You're taking the inventory from screen to screen and kind of using those items that you pick up to interact with other things in the environment. So, for example, one of the one of the first things that happens in the game is um, Horatio, your player character, is attacked by another robot, um, and that robot steals your your little... Um, you're basically living in a, a crashed spaceship. Uh, that that uh, your, The antagonist steals your spaceship's power core. So it's like, okay, great, we gotta find something that's gonna power the spaceship, because else we're gonna run out of batteries and, and no longer be alive. So it's like it's like the first thing that happens. Um, so it's like, okay, how do I how do I find something that will spark my, you know, the power core of my little ship? So it, it, it's it's instead of like, oh, you found a battery, it's like, okay, you you found. Uh, <laughs> it's never as, as straightforward as you found the power source. It's always like. Okay, you found a signal in a junk pile a screen away, so you go to the junk pile, and it's like, okay, well, we can't scan the signal because we don't have a, uh, a signal scanner. So it's like, okay, great, how do we build a signal scanner? Oh, okay, well, I found a length of cable, and I take that length of cable and I combine it with a, uh, you know, a thingamajig, and now that those two things are combined, I can plug it into this other thing. It's always very convoluted, these kinds of things. The world of Primordia is super evocative. It's kind of a robot apocalypse. It very, it sort of reminds me of the Matrix, to be honest. Like, like mankind is gone. They're just they don't exist. Uh, it's just robots and androids and and a desert landscape. So it's the, the kind of the core of this game is a very evocative world. It's like okay, like what happened? We speak of mankind as a sort of ancient race. Like what does that mean? Uh, but the way that the story is delivered is, is of course, through solving these puzzles. You get, like, a scrap of story every time you progress to the next objective. And I think that, I don't know, it, it's holding, to me, it's holding this game back a little bit. These very convoluted solutions to puzzles. Um, you can tell the style that the creators are going for. Like, they're, they're very deliberately imitating... Um, like those that late '90s style of game, where they want it to be like you really do have to go through your inventory and combine every single item in your inventory to to get to the next objective. Uh, but it, so that to me that can be a little frustrating. Like like this this, this afternoon I was uh, uh, my my one of the great things I love. I'll get to this part. So one of the things that I was doing this afternoon, I found a giant robot like so big you can you can walk into its mouth and stand up inside its head right so i found this giant robot and i'm kind of you know i'm clicking around trying to figure out what to do uh my character is looking up at the ceiling and being like oh there's a hatch in the ceiling if only i could reach that hatch so it's like okay clearly i have to do something to reach the hatch so i'm going through my inventory i have a long length of cable i'm like okay great maybe i can like do something with the cable so i'm i'm clicking on cable i'm clicking on the hatch i'm clicking on the cable i'm clicking on my character uh, and telling him to use the cable. I'm like, I'm trying to think of every possible combination of click on one thing, click on another thing, and I can't make it do the thing that I need it to do, which is like 
put the cable on the hatch and like climb up it. You know what I mean? So I, I had to finally like, I, this is the, the annoying thing that you sometimes have to do with these kinds of games. I had to like look up the solution of like, what do I do with this cable? Like the, the game has a pretty decent uh, built in hint system in the form of you have like a little sidekick uh, that your player character built. His name is Crispin. He's a little floating, uh, <laughs> basically a very sardonic, sarcastic floating machine who will kind of, give you hints every now and then if you're if you're standing around not, do, not doing anything for a while he'll kind of be like hey you know we never really tried to do this thing or oh have you thought about doing this thing like he'll kind of lead you towards a solution so for the last couple of times i talked to my sidekick he'd be like you know we never really fully explored the the hatch in the robot head i'm like i know i'm trying to like like i know what i need to do and it turns out the solution was you got to give the cable to your sidekick, the sidekick will fly it up to the ceiling and attach it to something. It's like, well, I thought I had tried that, but I guess for some reason or other, I didn't try that Sounds specific. Accurate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't do that specific combination of actions. It's, you know, so it, there's things like that which can be a little bit frustrating. Uh, but if you you know you subtract those frustrations, the world is really cool and it looks awesome. Like it's it's very. Um, it looks kind of like 16-bit pixel art, like that late Super Nintendo style, Sega Genesis, like really gorgeous pixel art. Um, the, the backgrounds are really, really beautiful. The soundtrack's pretty good. The, 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 there's voice acting in this game. The voice acting is actually pretty fantastic. Like, I don't know. It's it's good. I'm enjoying it. I think the the limitations of what it is trying to imitate are holding it back a little bit for me. And again, I'm, I'm taking my time with this game. I'm I'm trying not to do the thing, which is, you know, look up to the solution to everything. Because again, this game did come out um, 10 years ago. It's originally a 2012 release. Um, and it was actually put on mobile uh, just a few years ago as well. So this is the mm -hmm. first game, this game, the first time this game has been ported to the Switch. But it's been out um, on other platforms for a long time. Um, so in that regard, solutions are out there. But it is, it, to me, it, it, I don't know, it feels like it loses a little bit of something um, to just, like, look up a walkthrough, even if sometimes you kind of have to. Um, which is always the danger of these kinds of games, because you, you want it to feel like, oh, I solved, I, I solved the solution to the puzzle, like, I did that. And th that is very empowering when you do it. It's just, like, sometimes the solutions, I'm like, man, I never, ever would have gotten there. Um like, for example, there was another one that really was like, really, like, that's a solution, um, where I had combined a bunch of items in my inventory to make a, um, like, a scanner, like a, 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 power, a power source scanner. Um, but in the course of doing that, I had to take a piece of that item and use it on another item. So the solution ended up being I had to go back to the, you know, to item B, remove it, and then reattach it to another thing. And it's like, oh, so, okay, so that's something you have to kind of keep in mind as well, is like, sometimes a solution to the puzzle you're trying to solve might have been a previous solution to a different puzzle. And it's like, that's that can be a little tough, because it's like, man, I don't know where I left all these pieces. Like, I, I forgot I even had that thing plugged into that other thing. It's like, man... So there's stuff like that, which is a little bit deflating because it's like I, I spent 20 minutes walking around this map, clicking on random stuff, 
being told like, oh, you should try attaching this to a computer. And it's like, yeah, I know that. When lo and behold, the solution was in plain sight the entire time. So it's, I don't know. There's some stuff like that, which can be a little annoying. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I guess in that regard, they nailed it because that is often the, you know what I mean? That's often the thing in these kinds of games is like that, that, that forehead slapping moment of realization of like, oh my God, I could have just done that the entire time. So I guess in that regard, they, they did it. Um, yeah, but I, I imagine the question is just how long did it take for you to get to that forehead slap, you know, uh, and how yeah. how enjoyable or frustrating was it to get to that point? Like, that's where I get uh, hung up yeah. on point and click games a lot of the time. Exactly. Like, it is so satisfying when you do get to that point. But if it's an unintuitive solution or if it's something where it's like you have to use a really weird combination of items or if you don't even have an item and you don't know that you need that item, you know, there are so many little right. factors that can make it feel like more annoying. You know, yeah, so. I, I think I think on that regard, it, it I don't know. Again, I haven't beaten the whole game yet, so, like, and part of it is, and I, I'm, I'm giving this game a, a huge grain, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring out grains of salt, uh, you know, so, so take that take that <laughs> grain of salt with, you know, as, as you will. Um, there was a period of time a couple years ago where I was playing, like, a lot of this kind of game, like a lot of point-and-click adventures, like, back-to-back okay. in a row. Um I think maybe I've been a little bit out of the flow of how these games generally work. So maybe I'm just out of the rhythm of how you play this kind of game. That said, I think I fall a little bit more on the, it was a frustrating, some of these, some of these puzzle solutions were a little more on the frustrating side. Um, if you are thinking about playing this game, I, I would say um, sometimes the solution to a puzzle, some, some solutions can be used multiple times, which is both good and bad. Because um, it's like, you might not think to go back to a previous solution because you've already used it to do something else. Like for example, there's a there's a grease spot on the, on the floor. And you can use that grease spot to like, you can put a rag in it to make a sticky rag. Or in like in a later puzzle, you can like, dip a bomb in the grease spot to make a sticky bomb. It's like, so you, you could return to puzzle solutions multiple times, which is, it like makes a certain amount of sense. Like within the logic of the game, it's like, yeah, the, the grease spot didn't go away. So it makes sense that you could still use it again. But, you know, as a, as a game player, I'm like, well, I, I already use that as a solution to one thing. Surely they wouldn't use that as a solution to a completely different thing. And it's like, no, they do. <laughs> so it's that's something to keep in mind. It's it's one of those things where I feel like within within I, I mentioned this before, within the logic of this game, like within the world of Primordia that they are trying to build, the solutions do make a certain amount of sense. But it's like if you're if you're um not used to point and click adventures or or you've been maybe playing like more recent ones then maybe you wouldn't think to to do some of those solutions. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that answers um, any of your question, Campbell. It's kind of my, my roundabout way of, of answering your question. Um, I think in general, I'm tending to fall a little bit more on the, ah, this is kind of frustrating side than like this, this pacing is really moving along. But on the other side of the coin, this is definitely a game that you're like, like the themes of this game 
It's the kind of thing where you'll want to play it more than one time. Because again, the world is really mm. good and the writing is really good. And I'm, I'm almost certain there are multiple endings. So it's the kind of thing where maybe that first playthrough is really rough. And then if you decide to play it again, like once you, you know some of the more obscure solutions to these puzzles, you can kind of enjoy it a little bit more at that pace. So maybe that's going to be the the end result of this game. I'm not I'm not 100% sure yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Um, I don't know. Does, does that answer any of your any of your questions, Campbell? No, yeah, no, it, it totally does. And I think my personal problem is the fact that I tend to lean towards just the moment I get frustrated with something, I give up. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I, I want to have fun with this game, so I don't want to bang my head against it. I'll just look up on YouTube or whatever, you know, right. which I realize so, is kind of contrary to what the genre I, wants you to do as well. I don't know. So. I, I think it is and it isn't. I, I have yeah. I have come around on looking stuff up in game, uh, looking stuff up in games. I used to never do it and now i'm like yeah i'll look it up like i don't i got i don't have the time to like bang my head against this for an hour or however long it takes i'm like yeah just look it up so it's the kind of thing where like i, I don't know i would look up like a trailer or something or look up some screenshots and if it's like oh wow this this kind of cyberpunk robot world looks really cool uh but i'm worried that the puzzles might be too hard for me it's like yeah just like don't be afraid to look stuff up again this game's been out for a long time the solutions are out there there's a lot of very informative walkthroughs like I would, I would say, give yourself the freedom to look up the solutions to to uh, to this game if you want to play it. Because again, once the story gets rolling, it's actually very interesting. And I, again, I, I I have no bad things to say about about the writing or the performances um, in this game. They're they're very cool. Um, and I, I always like a good a good sort of techno thriller story. It's like yeah, it's interesting. Um, Part of the one of the fun things that you find very early in this game is you find the uh, what do they call it the, the gospel of man, like you're because again your your character is is a robot so mankind is almost almost mythical like they they it's like oh we like your character has reverence for mankind because they built him, but he's never met a human. You know, because they're all extinct, or, or you know, maybe they're off planet or something like we, you know, we don't know yet. I don't, out of the the central mystery of this game, I don't know yet. But so you find this book that's like, oh, we we must revere mankind. They they created us. Like we, you know, we we give praise to the the coders and the and the you know the mechanics and all that kind of stuff. So it's like they've they've set up this very mysterious and evocative world. Um, but you have to kind of do a little legwork to get some of those story beats, you know. Um, so, I don't know. If, if you like good writing and you like good world building, then yeah, this game is, is very, very cool and very, very neat. Uh, but I think sometimes the, the limitations of its genre are maybe holding it back a teeny tiny bit. So, I don't know. Um, if you like adventure games and you're good at them, then you might have a better time. If you are dumb like me, maybe, you know, give yourself the freedom and do yourself the favor of just looking up. Pull, have, have a walkthrough off to the side if you, if you want to do that. Um, so that's, that's my, my general thoughts on Primordia. And of course, Campbell, I promise you, I will have something written up on it soon. I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> that's I'm waiting fair. Here. Been... You can't see I'm tapping my, my wrist right here. I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm it's so like sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been moving slow lately. There's been a lot going on. How could uh, you? Primordia Mark, should be the most important thing in your life. It anyway. should be. The, the, it's true. Yes. Primordia, the, the 10 year old game, uh, 
<laughs> that we got a code of the day after it released. Yes, that should be the <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely. PR priority. <laughs> Subtweeting um, at the PR people. <laughs> no, we love them. We love them. Thank you so much for this game. I actually yeah, love it. I, yeah, I promise, I love it. Um, Mark, why don't you why don't you round us out here? You've been playing um, Indiana an Indiana Jones game, but yes. not an Indiana Jones game that you might <laughs> be expecting. Why don't you? Why don't you talk about that for right, a little bit? So to set the stage, I love Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Just uh, like being honest, like I even think Crystal Skull is fine. Like I'm one of those people. So <laughs> I was, uh, well, it's not perfect Campbell. Okay. It's not perfect like <laughs> the other three, but it's fine. Okay. It's a lot yeah. better than people give it credit. That's I'll fair. That's there. fair. I guess. But Indiana Jones has had a weird history with video games. But there's mm-hmm. one thing I think we can all agree upon, which is it has a great arcade cabinet that I have played. Uh, I don't remember the name of the place off the top of my head, but it's over in Asbury, New Jersey. But there's an arcade there that actually had. There's actually two arcades at the boardwalk by the shore that has this. And it's an Indiana Jones arcade cabinet, and it's pinball. So Zen Pinball... Oh, decided to bring like a 3d version of this exact cabinet to their fx3 pinball game which is basically like it's a free download where you start with one pinball um, machine it's like a 3d version of it and you can buy like newer machines they have like some star wars and some disney films and just like all weird and random stuff i think Jurassic park and et are actually also on there but it's just like a whole variety of classic uh, and new pinball cabinets reimagined and remastered and all that stuff. So, yeah, at first I was a little scared because <laughs> right now on the website I'm writing up a uh, Kirby, uh, a ranking of every single Kirby game that's ever been released. And today we published the uh, the spinoff list before we do the main line and then the big all together list. And spoiler alert. And we'll talk about this soon with Eliza, but my dead last game was Kirby's Pinball, because Mm. I don't believe that pinball games are always successful when Mm. bringing them to consoles. It's really tough to make a a pinball video game. I could think of two good examples off the top of my head. Is Uh, Metroid Prime Pinball an example? uh, It's not. I was going to say Pokemon Pinball. Pokemon Pinball, the Game Boy Color classic. Great game. Mm. And also, I'm thinking of that. uh, (laughs) Tell me if you remember this. Uh, also, maybe dating myself here. Um, uh, I don't even know the name of it, but it's the it's the pinball game that would like come with like a PC from back in the day. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I want to I want to say it's called like Starlight Pinball or something. Turns to dust. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm those, okay. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. The classic PC pinball game. Uh, anyway, take it away, Mark. I, I agree right. with you on pinball, that. The... Pinball games are not always successful. Like Kirby Pinball, it's, it's not It's not even a bad game. It, it's a good game. The problem is that, you know, the physics aren't always there and the button prompts and stuff like that. Like, it's not always precise and you need that in a pinball cabinet. Yes. And that's why I was so surprised playing this. And I know the FX pinball games have a good reputation. They've been on a ton of consoles and handhelds and stuff like that. I know it was really popular on the PS Vita too, but... I was just really surprised over the quality of the whole production of it. Like, I think outside of a user interface that looks like extremely dated, the actual playing the pinball cabinets 
it, it feels so good. And I was just so surprised by it. And the way that they brought this Indiana Jones cabinet in particular to life with uh, just, you know, reinserting lines from the movies and creating 3D models of certain scenes that are supposed to be happening in the arcade, but they were like still images and stuff like that. It's just, hmm. it's such a well-rounded production. And it just surprised me. Interesting. That That is surprising. Yeah, it, like th that feedback is so important in a pinball game. Like I, I love pinball. Like I'm... I'm like real life pinball. Um, I'm terrible yeah, at it, but it's it's so fun. There's so, there's something about like being in front of a pinball machine and like clicking the buttons and like maybe you got a beer or a soda next to you or you <laughs> you, don't, you you can't put it on the machine because it'll fall over. You know, like it's there's something about like playing a pinball machine. So it's it is. I agree with you. Very difficult to and translate it's very that. it knows it knows professional pinball players well because it even it even has like the dumb mechanic of trying to shake the machine. But if you shake it too much, it's like it'll uh end the game you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so it even has this you can wiggle the uh the analog stick and it'll shake the machine for you that's awesome <laughs> yeah, did, did not expect that it was so yeah. unexpected such a welcoming surprise yeah so the way the way they've translated the cabinet is just it's excellent in all honesty it's just really the ui and stuff for this game is just really messy and it's a shame mm. because the cabinets themselves are awesome it's literally like an awesome 3D recreation of the cabinet. And it's literally like even the intro is like the cabinet is sitting there in like a lost temple sort of looking room. But it has like a hotel feel to it. And it zooms in on the game. And then it's literally like the cabinet in a 3D space. And it's yeah, just yeah. It's really cool. It actually reminds me of, uh, oh my god, what was that game we reviewed last year? The, the, Namco, the Namco Museum? No, not Namco Museum, but that's another one. Uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium. That was the one where it actually right, had like, the 3D. Thinking. I'm thinking of that yeah, one. 3D arcades. Said, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of that. And I know FX Pinball has been around for years, but this was my uh, first experience with it. And it was really good. I really loved it. Awesome. Um, I mean, I got to ask, how's like, how's like the Indiana Jonesy aspect of it? Oh, like, I mean, the arcade machine already nailed it. It has oh, like fun. it's all about the first three films and their aspects of the machine that play uh, like voice clips and stuff from the movies. Oh, and fun! I grew up with those films. Super nostalgic. It's just oh, all around just a fun experience, you know. Well, that's awesome. Kali Kali Ma Kali Ma. <laughs> uh, think about that. <laughs> that's fun. And it's funny. I, I, love I that uh, scene at the end. Oh of my god! The movie, it's great. Temple of Doom. Yeah, man, I love Indiana Jones so much. He's no um, nuts. He's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun. Um, cool. Well, that that's a, that's what an unexpected surprise. Um, and it, it plays pretty well on Switch, you'd say? Yeah, it plays really well. It's buttery smooth. It's probably running at 60 frames, no doubt. Nice. It's yeah, awesome, awesome. It's solid. Well, there you go. Um, that's cool. Oh, man, I, now to, to tie it all off, I wish we could get a, a remake of the... The LucasArts Indiana Jones point yes. adventure and just and just combine these two topics. Wouldn't that be perfect? Court it would actually be here's a better one. They mm -hmm. should bring um Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings to Switch, because that game came included with the original point and click games on the Wii. Oh. So Aspire, if you're listening, hey. get that on Switch. You know, I mean, you're already on, working make... on those Star Wars games. You got the Force Unleashed coming out next I month. I mean exactly. We've got those great ports, just keep on porting. That's what I'm saying. Or wasn't there an? In I want to say there was an Indiana Jones um, N64 game. 
I yes, um, it's not the N64. It's the uh, PS2 and Xbox. It's um, okay. Indiana Jones and what is it called? And, the Emperor's Tomb. I think oh, it's the nice. Emperor's Tomb. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, who knows? Who knows what the future may hold for Indy? Indy. They're also making um, a new game, Bethesda. Oh right, I forgot about that. Yeah. Completely we haven't heard about, about in a long time. So. I know. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Hopefully it's not stuck in development hell. Um, <laughs> Anything Indiana Jones is great. Honestly, we could really use more uh, more Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I could, I could totally see that. Um, well, cool, awesome. It sounds like it sounds like this pinball this pinball experience uh, hits the mark for you. So that's great. Um, awesome. Well, it sounds like we've covered a lot of games. Um, anything else we want to kind of say to, to, to wrap it up uh, I know Campbell's been working on some stuff that's not Nintendo related so I don't know if he's anything else you want to comment on guys guys better preload your Mario Kart especially if you have the online pass Cameron you have no exception <laughs> I have no exception here's my excuse I don't have Mario oh, Kart that's also my excuse not all of Ooh. us own ah, this game Mark damn it. How do you, you know what? Though? How do you guys oh, not have Mario Kart Eight? I got no one. Hasn't to play it sold it with? like yeah, fifty I'm, million copies? Mark, Mark, don't you understand? I'm lonely. In you could life. play it online with me, <laughs> Campbell. It's, Campbell, it sounds like we got to play it just to play with each other. Oh yeah. You can gang up on eight year olds on the online. I do oh, hate yeah. eight year olds. It'll be fun. Don't we all? Imagine we being an eight year old and you get you get beaten up by a gang of podcasters in Mario Kart. <laughs> That'll teach them. <laughs> Darn! I I just double checked. It was on sale like a week ago, and now it's not on sale anymore. <laughs> no, it should it should be on sale because of Mario Day. I mean, it's not. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know what Damn. to tell you. That was last week. Time to make That's... a financially irresponsible decision. <laughs> oh yeah, I love to. I love to buy a game when it was on sale a week ago and then buy it at full price next week. My favorite. You know what that thing means? We need we need Marty next week. Then mm. <laughs> gotta get Marty, Marty. on. Um, gotta get Marty on. Looks like it's. Uh... Okay, it's on sale on Amazon. All right, uh, that's, that's a conversation. For <laughs> um, all right, we should we should wrap it up here. Um, we're what was I gonna say? <laughs> I was gonna say we're Goomba Stomp, but uh, we are I guess Goomba that's Stomp. True. Just the three of us. Everyone else, oh they're just <laughs> they're just fakers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on GoombaStomp.com. Look for an upcoming piece about Primordia. It's coming, and also One Triangle day. Strategy, which I have been working my way through at a nice leisurely pace. Very much enjoying the indulgent storytelling um of course i'm available i'm available on twitter i'm also on twitter <laughs> at action dax and you can find we can find me there uh, mark where can people find you on the internet find me at the markel that of course is mark with the c cow with the k you can find me on instagram and twitter uh right now up on the website you can find my review for jokobo cheap jokobo gp <laughs> jokobo because it's just yeah. a joke I, I do want to choke a chocobo after playing that Mark, there, no, uh, violence isn't the answer. <laughs> it is for that game, sadly, oh, Campbell. No. At least Ch- it wasn't Choco, Babylon's, no. Babylon's Fall, you know? At least we didn't have to play that one. <laughs> it was Chocobo's Fall. <laughs> Chocobo's Fall. Awesome. Find my review for that. Uh, I'll have my review up by the time this is up for Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. And then you can awesome. check out my Kirby rankings, of course. They're all now going up on the site, slowly uh, but surely. Love that. Very much looking forward to Forgotten Land later this month. Get hype. Uh, Mm -hmm. Campbell, what about you? Where can people find you? You can find me 
on Twitter at CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG. And you can find my games writing at GoombaStomp.com. I've got um, an indie game spotlight that came out this weekend. And by the time this episode is live, you will find that I have a written review of that heathenistic non-Nintendo game that we've consistently referred to throughout this show. Um, Anno Mutationum. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but it's a very good game if you're a heathen and you own a PlayStation 5. So go check that out. <laughs> I've said heathen so many times, but really that's all you should call people who play something other than Nintendo. So. Yeah, they're heathens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Myself included. Yeah, um, all of us. <laughs> uh, and Express is also on Twitter. We're at an Express Nintendo. Uh, of course, we're available to rate, review, all those good things on the podcast platform of your choice. So make sure you check check us out over there on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>